0: If I'm buying a a cookie, I need to get a sense of what sort of experience I'm going to get from the cookie. If I'm somehow hiring you as a coach, for instance, then what do I need to know? I need to know that I can trust you. I need to know that you're authentic. I need to know that when you speak to me, it it really what you say aligns with what it is that you mean. And so I need to develop real Mm -hmm. trust. If you're telling me something, do you actually apply it in your own
1: life? In this episode of the Voltura Game Show podcast, you will discover the difference in storytelling between you and your product, mindset, skepticism will lead to success, and the most important aspect of storytelling. Is that something that you'd love to know? If so, continue listening. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Voltura Game Show. This is episode 28. The Voltura Game Show is designed to bring together the best minds of our times so that you can have access and integrate their mindset, behavior, and business lifestyle. As a result, you can access your inner perfection in a fun, new, and interactive way. My name is Alexandru and I'm your host today. Today our guest is Neil Bearden. Neil Bearden is a world-renowned preacher of the power of story. A professor at the NCAD Business School, Neil helps startup founders become storytellers and then he invests in them. Neil has been an active angel investor since 2018, having made over 20 investments. In addition to that, Neil ha- also have a following of more than 26,000 people and in 2018 he was featured on LinkedIn Spotlight as one of the most influential content creators. Thank you for being here, Neil. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm actually curious, like what brings you here today?
0: You, you sent me a phone call on LinkedIn. I
1: looked at you I appreciated the hustle so I said yes <laughs> Thank you thank you I got that uh, like you were curious and I actually I read on LinkedIn that uh, you're very how can I say like um, you, you pick you don't go with anyone like I read about your post that you said like a, the 10 minute uh, um, call so I, that um, makes me understand that you you're very aware and very mindful of your time which I appreciate that. so thank you for being here. Thank you very much. Good. Hey, pst, one second. Before we start the show, I have a small request for you. Could you please write us a review on Apple iTunes? This will help us to improve the experience and to reach more people. And also, if you want to be part of an exclusive group, go to voltura.co slash podcast or just Google Voltura podcast. Thank you so much. Now let's start the show. Good. So we're gonna have a a lot of fun today. So this is the Voltura game, Neil, and basically how we're going to start the game is by rolling the dice. So tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay, so it's one. Please read the card. What is your biggest dream? Okay, the next step spinning the wheel.
0: health my biggest dream in the area of health Mm -hmm. is to live long enough I have a daughter Quinn who's three and a half years old to dance with her at her wedding I'm 47 Mm -hmm. years old I had her quite late so if she gets married at 42 the way I did I have a long ways to go so I have an incredibly clear ambition to make it to that Maybe even even ideally to grandchildren.
1: Mm. Okay, so it's Long-jelly. basically to to live to live long enough so you can see your uh, your daughter and also like your grandchildren uh, growing big and fulfilling their dreams in the end.
0: Yep, and if I can go to the playground and play with them on the monkey bars if I'm healthy enough to do that, absolutely incredible.
1: Mm. Okay, good. Now well, the next step is. Questions. So my question for you would be, um, so I I believe that right now you know one one of your biggest why is your daughter in the end, as like you already said. But the question is like before that, what what was the let's say, the driving force behind your uh, your action, like your why? Yeah.
0: Before my daughter, my why was me. And that was a big problem. Mm. In fact, I almost didn't have a daughter because my why was me. And I worried that if I had a kid, if I had a kid, it would interfere with that. And I worried that, for instance, my wife and I wouldn't be able to fly to Tokyo for the weekend to go listen to jazz at the Blue Note, which is something we did before we had kids. And I thought that was important before what was important to me was the present now I look and what matters to me really is her future and so it's really shifted my priorities radically massively
1: mm okay so it's like you change the the story like it was before focused on on the on the future and now it's focused on the present and talking about story yeah like um, Neil yeah the question is like what what did you uh, notice is like one of the biggest um, I don't let's see, not mistakes, but like um, yeah, let's call it mistakes when when someone starts a business. I'm sure
0: they make many mistakes. The one that's closest to what I do is explaining what it is that they do or the value that they bring. Mm. One thing that folks often do is they explain their technology in a way that matters to them and they fail quite often to communicate the significance of what they're doing to their user. Here is just an example to illustrate. It's not a modern example, but it illustrates the point. Two founders go to a venture capitalist this is 150 years ago. The first one walks in and says, sir, I have a technology that allows the transmission of audio signals across a wire. Okay, the venture capitalist says, he leaves. Next one goes in, says, sir, I've developed a technology that allows the transmission of voice over wire, audio signal over wire. I was speaking to your assistant outside and she told me that you have a granddaughter, Mabel. Sir, what our technology really allows you to do is to hear Mabel's voice on your birthday. Mabel will be able to call you on your birthday and sing to you happy birthday. My understanding is she's in California right now. Here in new jersey she will be able to call you her voice will travel across the wire and you will be able to hear her sing happy birthday now to a venture capitalist which one makes the most sense well in many cases it's going to be the one that has the greatest significance to the venture capitalist okay audio signal over a wire 150 years ago maybe i understand the business implications of that maybe not my granddaughter Being able to do something that just seems unthinkable yesterday, five minutes ago, to be able to call me on my birthday, which seems more important? If you can illustrate to the VC, for instance, if you're trying to get funding, what your technology really does at an emotional level, then that's where you need to start. Then later on, you get into the weeds, the technical details. We're going to add machine learning to it, whatever. But first, show me what's a story that illustrates what life is like right now? well mabel has to send you a telegram on your birthday you read a little card that says happy birthday grandpa sir after our technology mabel will from california be able to speak into a little cup and you'll be able to hear her sing happy birthday to you on your birthday no more reading a little three by five note card from the telegram office which one's going to be more exciting the engineer geeks out on the technical details of it the founder who really gets the significance of what she's making, what he's making, the value of her service, she's gonna communicate to the venture capitalists at an emotional level by illustrating, by showing, by telling a story that makes clear what it really means. A lot of people are very good at the technical stuff. They're very, very bad at explaining what it means. And I think you know, some ideas may not get funded because of that. Now, I just wanna be clear at this point. Maybe I'm just arguing at an objection that no one would raise. But this kind of thing, it's not going to help a terrible idea. But you can have a good idea that if you don't communicate it well, it may never become a reality. Okay. But you can't take a bad idea and slap a nice story on it and make it work. And most ideas kind of sit right there in the middle. And often the ones who get funded, the founders who get funded, are the ones who find a way to communicate it effectively. And a lot of folks struggle to get funding because they get too caught up in the weeds, technical details, you know, you know, arguing with their little Reddit tribe, maybe about what it's about. And you really need to speak to your listener, to your audience over.
1: Okay. Yeah. that That's, uh, that's interesting. And I, I totally relate with that because like, especially I, I've seen, you know, I'm a coach and I've seen like my fellow coaches, all of them are trying right now to pitch in a way of uh, storytelling, you know, like, Oh, when I was a, a kid, I had this problem, you know, like, I don't know, let's say, um, um, what's that called? Self, um, self trust, you know, self, um, belief coach, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't believe in myself and now I can help you do that. So I understand that this is going like the path, uh, that, um, things are starting to, to go because like, as we said in a pre-show, it's not anymore about the, how, like the functionality, the features, it's about like, um, you know, the, the feelings I think in the end, right? Like to, to transmit something, to, to tell you, to evoke, uh, a feeling in the other one right
0: yep the real what the real why
1: mm. what do you think is the difference in terms of the um, storytelling because we talk about like uh, i said about you know the the coaching the uh, when you are the business like basically you're you're the business the personal branding or the the um, a part when it's uh, about the product so What's, uh, what do you think is like the fundamental difference in storytelling between these two?
0: I, I think what, when people are, you know, if I'm buying a, a cookie, I, I need to get a sense of what sort of experience I'm going to get from the cookie. If I'm somehow hiring you as a coach, for instance, then what do I need to know? I need to know that I can trust you. I need to know that you're authentic. I need to know that when you speak to me, it it really, what you say, aligns with what it is that you mean. And so I need to develop real Mm -hmm. trust. So just for instance, in that particular setting, so that that you're not phony. That's what I really need to understand. With the product, often the value of the story is showing, look, this is the value that it's gonna bring is what it will do that's what the telephone will do right that's the previous example the telephone will allow you to do this if I'm thinking about hiring you as a coach I want to know that too because ultimately you are selling a service so at the end you will help me to do this is what your life is like right now Neil this is what your life can be like after if we work together you're still doing the same thing but I need to know something a little bit extra because in that I have another human being who's going to be riding along with me okay can I trust you can i open up with you do i believe what you say if you're telling me something do you actually apply it in your own life if you're saying you need to be vulnerable have I have, have i seen any indication whatsoever that you've been vulnerable with me or is it cheap talk and so in that narrow space there i think it's very important that people can communicate their stories truthfully so not for instance going back to the example that you were giving Oh, when I was younger, I had self-esteem issues. You said some coaches are saying. That would be for instance, suboptimal storytelling. That's telling, saying that you had self-esteem issues doesn't tell me anything. That's not a story. A story is show me an instance when you experienced that and you crawled under your desk in the middle of class in third grade and you wouldn't come out, you were screaming and shrieking And your mother had to come and leave her job at the bakery to come get you out. Okay. And explain to me why you were under your desk like that and open up to me and be vulnerable. And then what's going to happen? Well, then I'm going to be in a much better position to open up with you and to tell you the things that you need to know to help me. And, and saying, for instance, I'm passionate about helping people, or I had self-esteem issues. None of that really means anything would mean something from a storytelling standpoint, from a communication standpoint, is show me what it means. Show me what it means to be passionate. I wake up at 4.45 every day, and I meditate, and I journal, and I, show me what discipline means to you. Don't say I'm disciplined, show me what you do. Don't say I had Mm self-esteem issues, show me the way that it manifested. And I, I think that becomes much, much more important when you're dealing with other human beings. Okay, that personal branding element. I need to know what does it mean? Are you phony and puffed up and overclaiming, or are you legitimate? And often the stories that you use to illustrate what it is that you do and where you came from and your value and your values, give a very clear indication to me of whether or not I trust you. Because it's very hard for instance to fake a story because we have a pretty good spider sense. If someone tries to tell us a story that's BS, we sense it. If someone tells us a story and we feel that they feel it, and the spider senses will tingle, then we learn to trust someone. Now, I don't necessarily need that with the cookie. I just need to know the cookie tastes good. But with you, I need, I need something mm. deeper. And only story really reveals that at its most fundamental level, I think.
1: Yeah. This is really powerful. Like, actually, something interesting that I'm hearing. Like, there are like um, two types it's basically value versus trust. Like, when you're looking at a product or a, you know, company focused on a product, we're looking at the value, like as you said, like, okay, what the cookie can bring me, right? But when you look at the personal branding, like, which is like, I can see that this is a trend right now. Everyone is a coach and consultant and the trend is going to that. It's more about like the trust, like, okay, uh, like I've been here, I've done that. Now I can help you go to this, but picturing in a way, like storytelling, what I'm hearing is like picturing in a way that, you know, um, as you said, like I woke up at five in the morning and I'm like, consistent every day is like discipline so I can help you do the same because I'm the example uh through my uh, my journey I, I can I can help you because I have the example
0: yep so just just to go back to our interactions you and I don't know each other we just met half an hour ago you said send me a bio I sent you a bio that was two sentences it almost said nothing and then you dug a little more you made me sound more impressive than I made me sound. And what, what I want to come through in this is I you know, I don't want to tell you that I'm useful. I don't want to tell you that I'm good or great. Whatever conclusion you draw about my capacity as a storyteller or a whatever, I want it to come through my actions and what I say. And I and I think mm-hmm. people who are concerned about personal branding, for instance, if we want to use that as a term that's relevant right now, I think if they focused much more on showing rather than telling they would be a heck of a lot more effective. And that's just, that's a fundamental principle of storytelling. Show, don't tell. Telling me that you've done this and that and this and that and your ex-Goldman Sachs and all of that, that doesn't mean much to me in my world. Because I know a whole bunch of people are like that. But when you tell me that you went to Haiti and you pulled a kid out from a collapsed bridge, okay, that you climbed through, you know, just barbed wire to go save a kid under a collapsed bridge and you tell me about what's important to you brother then i start to mean it when you show it to me so i think people with with the personal branding just keep illustrating don't tell me you're great don't tell me what accolades you got just show me actually what you do okay and don't tell me what you did in the past demonstrate it in real time show me right now Yeah, that's the advice i would give
1: really powerful yeah like keep
0: and shout at people
1: and, when you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like in, in in this, like what you're saying, there is also something underlying, which is like be uh, vulnerable. You know, like show it. Go go outside. Put yourself out there in a in the situation that you you can be in the end criticized, right? Because if you post yourself things like you know what you're doing, you can be criticized or you can be admired, and that in the end is vulnerability because you're putting yourself out there.
0: If it's true and it's well-intentioned and it's not whining, hoping that people will give you attention, vulnerability is is generally appreciated. If if it's some cry for help or if it smells like a cry for help, that doesn't work. That makes all of us uncomfortable, especially when people do it online.
1: Great. Thank you, Neil. Now let's proceed to the next player, which is me. So let's see four okay so let's see oh okay so it says for 10 seconds make a sad face keep your shoulders down and look down then for another 10 seconds put your chest forward look up and smile so um could you please count this like 10 10 so people can understand yeah I, I'm, I just <laughs> the reset, podcast like, didn't finish <laughs> okay good so
0: okay brother go 10 seconds. I didn't say, okay, man, that's it. That's <sighs> 20 seconds. Okay, good.
1: <laughs> 20 okay, seconds. You, you helped
0: me out too, bonus points.
1: Good. So questions, you can ask me one question.
0: What, what were you thinking about when you were doing that?
1: Uh, which, which one look down or look up.
0: So if you were thinking different things, what were you thinking when you were looking down?
1: <laughs> okay. So when I was looking down, I was, um, mm, I don't know exactly what I was thinking, but it was, um, a feeling present, uh, in my body, which was like, I think regret. I don't know exactly what it was related to, uh, but, um, what I can understand is that things right now are not working for me as it worked before, you know, the coronavirus. And I shared in in the podcast, like in, in other episodes that, you know, before the coronavirus, we had events, business was working. Now things are not moving as I wanted to, right? So it's somehow the regret uh, present in me that, oh, it was better before what happened, you know, like I regret that this happened. In the end, I cannot control it because I cannot go and, I don't know, shut the guy that did the bat, you know, <laughs> or something like that. But yeah, but is the regret that, um, yeah, it was better before. But when I look up and um, I smile, it was like, okay, well, what was present in my head was a thought that in the end everything, and I believe that everything is made with a purpose. So uh, whatever happened is for me to go to the next level, for the business to go to the next level. Because in the end, to be honest, if, you, if the coronavirus or whatever happened wouldn't happen, you and me wouldn't meet and the podcast would not be the podcast. So that's that's how it's related.
0: So if, if you just looked down for 10 seconds and had that regret thought, how many times is that thought occurring to you throughout the day? Was it just a coincidence that it struck then or is it happening throughout
1: the day with high frequency? Uh, not throughout the day. Maybe throughout the week. Like, not every every day. It's like, I don't know, maybe two, two, two out of seven or something like that because I'm a, you know, like, I'll be honest, like, I'm still figuring out ways to to promote more the game because even if it's working, you know, the podcast and everything is working, it's still not where I want it to be or, you know, where we want the, the Vosora to be. So, there is still like okay what can we do what can we do what can we do and sometimes like i'm doing f- actions and i'm doing things and there are no results coming so i need to wait more and i don't really like to wait <laughs> you see what i mean <laughs> so yeah
0: so what what are you gonna
1: did i answer the question
0: yeah 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 so are you are you planning on just pivoting in the short term to just zoom zoom podcast but as soon as you can get back to what you were doing or you realizing that there's more opportunity in this virtual world that you and I are interacting with right now and that the whole yeah. direction of the business could be changing what's your sense
1: i'm aware that there are like a lot of opportunities right now and what well, that's why i because i had this mindset i was able to to you know create a podcast in the end. so uh I'm aware of that and on the same time as I said, the podcast and, and the game and everything that we're doing in Votura, it's on the same path, on the same purpose. So uh in the end, I'm you know I'm satisfied with the podcast. I'm not satisfied with what's happening outside it, you know. Like the results, like let's say financially. Yeah. Good. So uh, last time, tell me when to stop. It's your turn.
0: Okay. Yep. Stop. Okay, brother. Hello. Here we go. Oh. Uh,
1: okay. <laughs> okay. So, five.
0: Think of an historical character. Imagine you are him or her right now. How would you be living your life?
1: Okay. So think of the character. Tell us what's the character? Who's the character?
0: The character, the first character that comes to mind is the, to just sound absolutely pretentious on here, the Roman Stoic philosopher Epictetus.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So now me understand is the question. The so tell me when to stop.
0: Okay. Stop.
1: So it's in health again. So how would you be living your life if you would be Epictetus in health?
0: So just the basic, some backdrop. The basic tenets of Stoicism are that two things. There are things that we can control and there are things we can't control. That's the first basic tenet the second is that we're not troubled by events but rather the meaning that we assign to the events that one is that we have we have choice in assigning meaning that meaning isn't just projected from the outside but we assign it so what epictetus would say is you know if you get incredibly sick for instance or if there's a pandemic then well there are things that you can control and there are things you can't control What can you not control whether or not there's a pandemic? What can I control? Well, how I spend this time in quarantine, you know, lockdown, whatever it's been for the past few months with my family. And I can choose to assign meaning to it that's positive or I can whinge and complain. And, oh, why did this happen? Oh, I miss hanging out with people. And what what he would say, and what I aspire to is to just seize the control that I have and make the most of it because the, the objective of stoicism, at least as it was preached by Epictetus, as I understand it, is that we should have an objective implicitly of minimizing our suffering. And a lot of our suffering just comes from the way we think about things. So, with health linking it to the pandemic since we're in 2020 right now as we're recording this i think a very good thing to do for myself and for anyone is to acknowledge what i think is going to definitely be a fact it will be a fact that in the future 10 years from now many of us a lot of us we will be nostalgic for this period of time the time when we got to be home with our family and meet people from around the world by Zoom, I wouldn't have met you otherwise. And to not just wait for 10 years or 20 years to sit and drink lemonade on the front porch and talk about how nice it was looking back, but to just try to pull that mindset from the future into right now and just to be incredibly grateful. My daughter's been out of school for months now. I spend time with her every morning. I go swimming with her at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. She and I are in the pool. If she were in school, I wouldn't be doing that. I might be in my office. And so I think Epictetus would advise mm-hmm. me just to assign the right meaning right now that gives me appreciation. And I'm, I'm doing my best to do that. I think I'm reasonably succeeding, but this question is a good reminder to keep doing it relentlessly.
1: Great, I really like it, I, uh, yeah. Like, there are things that you can control and things that you can't control. And as you said, like, you can control, in the end, the way you 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 react, you know, to what's happening, like, right? and choose to be upset or to actually see the good side, which is, you know, spend more time with your daughter and uh, um, focusing, instead of being on the office, focusing on the family, which is amazing. Good. So, the next step is questions. So, my question for you would be... Um, if you are able to, to create right now, let's say, and that, that's an interesting question that pops my mind. If you're able to create, yeah, like you have, you know, let's say the genie and you're able to create your next five years, what would you create?
0: What I'm trying to create for my future right now, because I, I have this appreciation that I think many of us are going to have in the future, this nostalgia that I anticipate. I have it right now And so what my wife and I are trying to do is formulate a plan, develop our business. I have a business, plot Wolf, to grow that business. And I think I can do that business anywhere in the world to grow that business so that three years from now, five years from now, seven years from now, if I want to, I can swim with my daughter Quinn at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday because I think education is going in a direction where I don't think I'm I'm a professor, but I don't think people need to be sitting in classrooms. I think that's very 1885 that people go sit in classrooms. I don't think they need to do that. I don't think my daughter needs to do that. I doubt that my daughter will go to anything resembling what is now a modern university. 15 years from now, I don't think that she'll be waking up at class at eight o'clock in the morning to walk across the quad to a classroom to sit there and listen to a biology lecture. Why, because technology has made that unnecessary. She doesn't need to be able to do it. So what I'm answering your question is what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to accelerate that reality, make it something where we can live with as much optionality as possible, anywhere, homeschooling, work whenever, with whomever I want, wherever they are, and just, just pull all that nostalgia in that appreciation for this moment into now and just stretch it into the future. So I can keep doing it because I, I think this pandemic has shown me at least that there are lots of opportunities that seemed unthinkable. I'm going to put it differently that there, there are things that there are things that we thought that mattered don't matter so much. Mm -hmm. And Once you identify some of those, this is blue ocean strategy, just, you know, what's something that you you thought definitely needed to be there, but if you yank it out, it still works. And I think, for instance, I don't think if you and I were in a room playing this game right now, I don't think it would be any better. Okay, maybe you could go give me a beer, maybe you got some cool beer in your refrigerator, but I think you and I can more or less get as much value as possible playing this game right now over Zoom as we would together, or if it was a little bit better when we're together, rather we would never play it together. So it doesn't matter, we just zero that out, right? Because you're on the other side of the planet. I'm in Singapore right now, right? You're in London, where are you sitting right now? Yeah, Yep. you're on the other side of the planet, man, and we're doing this, that's incredible. And I just, I just want to keep doing that. And I didn't realize six months ago, a year ago, that this could work as well as it does. Not for everything, but for a lot of things. And so there are so many opportunities that were just unthinkable six months ago that are stark realities right now, and a lot of them are wonderful and beautiful. And I just want to ride those into the future.
1: Mm. Yeah. So you, basically, what I'm hearing is like you want to live the the present moment as much as possible, and to to see like you know what what can what it can brings you like everything, especially right now the pandemic, because that's what you were talking a lot. Uh, like you want to see like you know, to appreciate the the best that you can give.
0: Yeah, that's what Epictetus would advise. Mm, great.
1: Interesting, very interesting. <laughs> great. Thank you, uh, Neil. Now let's complete the game with the acknowledgement card. So in this step, uh, Neil, we're going to acknowledge each other for something that we have done in this round. And I want to acknowledge you, um, Neil, for your... um well, first of all, for the advice and the, um, you know, the, the, the insights and the wisdom that you, you give to you know, people that are looking right now to start a business and like your commitment to help them, you know, fulfill their dreams in the end, because that's what it is. A business is like someone's dream that wants to be fulfilled, right? even if you're talking about personal brand or product or whatever it is. So I acknowledge you for that, I acknowledge you for your desire to support them and, uh, encourage and guide them to, to a better future and last but not least for your um, love for your family and your desire to spend more time with your daughter and actually seeing like something that you know it looks let's say uh, bad or whatever like you know pandemic right seeing pandemic actually as an opportunity and as a what I'm hearing it's actually like a blessing like a bless for, for you and your family
0: cool Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate you being vulnerable and saying, business was one way before this. It's been challenging. We pivoted, and we're doing that right now. It's, it's not this picture of perfection, but it's, look, Neil, anyone listening, it's been challenging. I'm trying to make it. And I, I really, really appreciate that. And what I hope I can do, this is why before we hit record, I was I was really trying to understand you, is I wanna know how I can help you. How can I help you explain to other people who don't know the value of this game and what you're doing, what it is that you're doing, and the value of just having with another human being this conversation like we're having right now, which is the purpose of the game. So I, I appreciate what you're doing, I appreciate your honesty, your vulnerability there, and just to go beyond that a little bit, I, I would really like to just help you however I can. So I hope you let me know.
1: Thank you. And I'm grateful and I'm happy that you enjoyed the game and thank you for your your support and your your contribution then. Good. Now Woohoo. <laughs> Congratulations, Neil. You have finished the game. Thank you for playing the Voltura game.
0: Cool, man. Well done.
1: I'm actually curious. How was the, how was the experience for you? Like, you actually, you listen to the podcast, as we said, in a pre-show, and you got a, um, a taste of it. But how it actually was for you?
0: It, I came in a little bit reluctant. Because here, here's, here was my sequence of events. You reached out. I appreciated your hustle. I agreed. We got on a call, right? Other folks won't hear this, but it's, it's very, whenever you do these things, it's very technical. Make sure you got your headphones on, this and that. And it was very business-like. And then we got into the game. And given that I didn't know you, I was wondering how long it was gonna take us to reach a point where it seems to flow. And actually it happened very, very quickly. I think this game succeeds in what it's doing. It really accelerates the conversation very quickly. I was worried at the beginning, honestly, man. Before we hit record, but it worked out.
1: Yeah, yeah. There were like uh, some technical issues, but yeah, it was it was good. And uh, yeah, like in the end, in the end, probably like you know that's the best part, guys. It's totally like as I told you, it would be unpredictable. Even the technical issues were unpredictable. <laughs> So, so it's good, and, and I'm glad that you you like it, and uh, and yeah, it's it's all about doing it in the end. And uh, yeah, as you said, like, this game allows allows us to to connect on a, on a deeper level, as we as uh, we, we say about voltura, that allows you to connect on a deeper level with people. And I'm glad that you uh, like you were here, and we had the opportunity to chat and know each other more.
0: <laughs> good. And so. just just one remark, man, and you know this already. I think the reason why this works so well, and really it does work very, very well, anyone who's listening, who is lucky enough to get a message from you asking to be on here, I encourage you to do it, is because you participated. Often it's one way. Okay, let me ask you a question here, but that you were an equal participant and it really made it work well.
1: Yeah. Because you you asked me too, (laughs) you also interviewed me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I
1: appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah, I am glad that we had fun. Okay, so before we finish, I want to ask you three questions. So these are, what is one successful mindset that you had, one successful behavior, and one aspect of your lifestyle that made you who you are now?
0: I think I think my mindset is skepticism in the following sense, always, always having doubts, avoiding dogma. When I was 18 years old and I didn't know what the hell it meant, I came across this quote by Friedrich Nietzsche, which is, convictions are more dangerous enemies of truth than lies are. Convictions are more dangerous enemies of truth than lies are. And even though I didn't really know what it meant, I felt that it had some significance and it just kept bouncing around in my mind for a long time. And as I started to listen to political discourse or just general discourse as I became an adult, I started to see what it means, which is if you were so convinced that you're right on something, it's blinding to you. And somehow that stuck with me and just a little bit of old fashioned, And then, you know, Greek skepticism, which is, I know that I can't quite be sure, just good old Socratic skepticism, I think has really worked out well for me because it it keeps you nimble. I think one of the biggest risks, you know, if you're a startup founder or just a human being in a relationship, is just being absolutely convinced that you're right is a good way to run it all into the ground. A behavior, I think one of the most important behaviors I have is I'm glad that I finally stopped sweating just before we got on the call. I was outside training, doing kettlebell presses and pull-ups. And physical training has paid incredible dividends. I'm 47 years old, but I, I still feel very healthy. I can move well. And just that regular discipline of strength training. Okay, now we're getting outside the mind. No Nietzsche quotes, nothing like that. But just consistent Discipline, strength training has been a very important behavior. And your third question is?
1: So one aspect of your lifestyle that made you who you are now?
0: One aspect of my lifestyle that made me who I am now, I'm just this sort of uh, iterated dilettante on things. So you introduced me as some preacher of storytelling. Dude, I'm not that good. That's just what I'm interested in right now at this moment. If you came to me seven years ago, it would be drumming. If you came to me five years ago, five years prior to that, it would be sampling vinyl records and making hip hop beats. And I just, I, I, I get into things. I go very deeply on them and then I get bored and I move on to something else. And that's worked out for for me because my life hasn't been very static and i hope it continues to be that way to some extent
1: mm. yeah so basically it's about uh, being um, in diversity like uh, changing and, and adapting to new and new things and discovering and in the end experiencing like life and a lot of uh, jobs and opportunities and places and everything
0: But but critically, just really going deep, just deep diving in them, and and I'm I'm just, I really become very obsessive. So I I get into something and then I become obsessive. It's just the most important thing to me, and I need to understand it in 58 different dimensions as well as I possibly can. And, And that works out because each time I move on to something new and I try to do that, then other aspects of life start to become more interesting and I just, I feel like just doing that over time, I built up a systematically richer appreciation of the world that I wouldn't have got if I had just sort of hopped from one thing to another, but it's hop and then drill down as deeply as I possibly can until I feel like I hit rock bottom, as far as I can go, mm-hmm. or at least deep enough, and then come back out and go to the next thing. So it's, it's really just finding that depth and pursuing something with, just deep, deep focus that's really worked out for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like a, like an onion. And you you um, take out layer after layer until you go into the the core of the bulb, I think it's called or something like <laughs> that. Yeah, yep.
0: and, then, and then I get really bored and then I move on to the next onion.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's good because you're experiencing In the end, you have one life. And if you don't experience, you're just like, you know... <laughs> Static and you stay on the same place, which for some people is good for some people is not because there are people who like, you know, to be in one place and to be, um, you know, um, static and to be um, safe. And there are some people who like to, you know, experience and get out of the comfort zone and diverse. Great. So, Neil, now please tell us, tell the people where they can find more about you.
0: Sure. The, the best place is on LinkedIn. I'm reasonably active on LinkedIn. I post a lot of stuff related to storytelling and that's that's really the only place that I systematically post stuff. LinkedIn, Neil mm-hmm. Bearden, easy to find.
1: Yeah, the link uh, is in the description below and all the descriptions. Good. Anything else you want to say, Neil, before we complete?
0: No, man, just thank you very much. And it wasn't BS. Let me know how I can help you.
1: good we're gonna talk uh, about uh, this (laughs) after this good uh so thank you and thank you guys for yeah and thank you guys for listening to this episode this was the 28th episode of the voltura game show my name is alexandro i was your host today with our guest neil birden and uh, if you like this episode please rate it with five star reviews on whatever platform it's, you're listening to right now especially apple itunes because <laughs> we get to more people and uh, and spotify if they have reviews as i remember anyway and uh, yeah share it with people share it with friends family whoever you want to share it this will help us to reach more people and uh, in the end leave us a uh, feedback what you like it what you didn't like about it if there is something that you don't like about it, or what we can do so you can have a very better, better experience, if it's possible. <laughs> Thank you for being here Neil. Thanks man. In the next episode of the Voltura Game Show you will meet Bob. Bob is a popular motivational speaker, entrepreneur and one of the top voice on LinkedIn with an audience of more than 360,000 followers. Bump has made appearances on ABC, Fox and featured in articles by Entrepreneur, New York Times and The Wall Street Journal. See you in the next episode!